We've made it. You guessed it. We are on the eve of 2021. Hi, this is Retta Rainbow and welcome to Sister Love, the 2020 wrap up. I am so glad to be with you all on the eve of 2020 if you're in the continental U.S. And for my friends who may be abroad in whatever sense that is, you are probably a lot closer to 2021 than us in the continental U.S. And if it is already the new year for you, happy new year, happy whatever you need 2021 to be for you. For those of you that have been tuning in this week, you know I have been taking a jog down memory lane of 2020, reflecting on the shifts and the changes that I've had to encounter in order to make 2020 a sustainable year that I didn't have to crawl out of. I literally remember in one of my team check-ins, we were talking about what we wanted for the rest of the year or how we wanted to go into the new year. And I think this was before Thanksgiving. And I remember telling people I wanted to be standing tall by the time the new year got here. I said, I do not want to be crawling into 2021. So cheers, people. I know that may not be the truth for everyone. I know we're all on different spectrums. I remember the meme that said that we're all in the same boat, just different types. And some of us are on cardboard, paper, surfing waves. Some of us are in, um, what do you call them, airboats, like you're in the Everglades. Some people are on speedboats. You're treating this like an adventure. Some of y'all on yachts, you're fancy, and maybe you've got access and you're doing great things out here. And then some of us may be on a paddle boat, a kayak, whatever you're in, if you are afloat, hats off because it's not easy in multiple pandemics to be floating. And for those of you who, like I said on day one, if you're bobbing up and down, please let somebody know you're bobbing up and down, in and out of the water, feel like you're drowning. There are resources. It may not be perfect. It may not solve all your problems, but I will always share and encourage and acknowledge it's a spectrum of life. We're all in different places. Let somebody know that you have a need or that you can't get through what you're getting through right now. Again, none of us are fixes, but don't do this life by yourself and don't do this pandemic by yourself, if at all possible. So now back into the wrap up. We are here. Monday, we went over financial wellness and not leaving things on the table. Tuesday, we went over slowing down and emotional wellness. That also reaches out to occupational wellness and environmental wellness, right? Yesterday, we talked about social relationships and social well-being. The fact that your support system, your network, your personal board of trustees, whomever, however you've been navigating life, that's just as important as all the other aspects of wellness and well-being. And those things that I've named thus far in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday's wrap-up, that were the, those were part of the ingredients that helped us make the jumbo that we know um, 
I said jumbo. I'm so sorry. The gumbo that we know that was 2020, for those of you already in 2021, and those of us that are trying to cross over and get into a new year. So that brings us to the final day of our wrap-up. Jumping into first things first. I told you all I want to end the in the new in 2020. I promise I can talk on a high note. And that high note is looking ahead. And to me, the greatest lesson that I learned this year that speaks to looking ahead is first things first. And my first things first this year was learning how to prioritize me and the things that allowed me to thrive in some really tough and wishy-washy, uncertain, insecure moments. And as I give examples of that, because one, I don't believe in telling other people how to live, but two, I know when we tell our stories and we share our examples and our anecdotes, it allows all of us to maybe resonate or understand or just stand in empathy with other people. And it allows us to reflect on our own journeys and think about what we want or what we want less of or what we want to do differently, if at all. And so... In putting myself first, I had to size up what I wanted, make it a priority, own it, and then protect it. So when I give you these examples of different ways that I found a way to put myself first, meaning I put my own mask on for me, you're going to hear me break down in these examples how I sized up what it meant to prioritize myself, maybe in that moment, and how I would take ownership for prioritizing myself, how I would protect what I started so that it was would be sustainable and so that it would meet the need of prioritizing myself. And so one of the things about me is I am proud of my ethnicity, my race, my culture, my heritage. And that really means, and I alluded yesterday, I am very other-centric. And I had to take a step back because that was driving me into a hole this year. I just did not have the capacity to run the way I had been all these other years, putting other people's first, making other decisions, and then sizing up how did they impact other people. It's not that I stopped doing those things. I just leaned into myself and realized that was a trauma response for me. One of my strongest strengths, I'm futuristic. But that also comes from growing up in dysfunction and you're trying to anticipate what's going to happen because you don't want to keep getting the wind knocked out of you, right? You don't want life to keep pulling rug from underneath your feet. And so you develop some trust issues and you start being able to use your intuition and your senses and everything around you, patterns, behavior, to size up people, to anticipate what could be happening. I couldn't do that anymore this year. 2020 was so hectic and so 2020. Listen, all that's going to do is wind you up and wear you out. And I said no to that. And here's how I said no to that. I had to prioritize me by way of school this year. When I entered 2020, The pandemic was happening globally, but it didn't surface in the known health impact until about February, early March. So I started school in January. By the time March rolled around, I had to start shifting. 
And then as the pandemic continued to roar across the globe, the way that I would procrastinate and put my job first, put connecting with other people first, and then, oh, I'll, I'll get my classes done, or I'll read here, or I'll take my quizzes here, or this project is, I, I can squeeze it in. I would squeeze in my studies and my education. And in order to make it through three semesters of studies in a global pandemic, and that doesn't include the pandemic of racism and the stuff that was happening in our environment with our earth, I had to make it priority number one. That meant for me, the phone calls, I love them. I let them go to voicemail. I would text people back and say, hey, just let you know, I'm working on homework or I'm taking me time because I got a project to work on tonight. Or I may not go hang out the way I might've, like when I say hang out, maybe meet somebody and go walking because we want to get out or we don't want to be cooped in. My work had to be done before I, I would do that by the end of this year, where in times past, at the beginning of my studies in the beginning of this year, I would just squeeze it in. Once I stopped putting my social life first, I reinforced that. I was appreciative when I would talk with people like my mom who would say, yeah, I was going to call you the other day, but I wanted to wait to make sure that you had got through your class time and make sure you've gotten your homework or, you know, my loved ones, coworkers, even boss, they would ask, you know, how's your homework going? How are things going? What can we do for you? By being honest about my journey and prioritizing it by way of calendar and schedule. And when I say schedule, I even flex my relationship between my work and my school where there's times built into my job for professional development. I use my school as part of my professional development. My field of study relates directly into my position and I readily use that theory to practice to influence my job every day. And so I use time on the clock with my boss's permission to be able to read some of the articles that I needed for my project, but then that was also useful for meetings that I went into or things that I implemented for my division or my department or some of the coaching that I did in my, my job. And by giving and taking, but also taking the ownership of this has to be a priority for me to be successful so that I don't quit on my studies so that I don't quit on myself. I've got to name it. I got to claim it. I got to own it. But then also now it's becoming a part of my regimen. That's how I prioritized my school. And I didn't back down because I was slowly going through a procrastination phase and a deprioritization. Cause a lot of times we see the, the procrastination but procrastination doesn't live by itself. Deprioritization is a part of procrastination. And when I own that this is something important to me, on why it was important, said what I needed to do differently, how I'm going to do it differently, and then how am I going to live it out and how will I incorporate it? That's that ownership and that's also that protection. Another area that I took ownership for this year was my home. For years, I've had the mentality of a college. I call it the 90s college kid. We had to pack up more than anybody I know. We didn't get to leave our things in our rooms for our time on end like most people do now. Um, we would take things home between the breaks. 
uh, in between summer school and the end of a semester, whether it's fall or spring, you know, spring to summer, summer to fall, we would have to put things in storages. And so I'm just a pack and go person. And because of that, I would tell you the last few places I've lived, I've not put things on walls. I've not celebrated my home. And this year, after moving twice, finally towards end of summer, beginning of fall, I slowly started putting things up on my wall, artwork, things that I collected around the way. And it's energized me. It's made me appreciate being at home. And that's critical for me because I work part of my work schedule from home. And then I go into the office during the pandemic. And in order for me to feel comfortable and feel alive and thrive in a space that I'm in a lot more than what I previously was or hoped to be, I had to make an investment within myself. And I plan on continuing to put up more things that represent my life that are artistic or that just speak to me. And there's nobody that was going to do that but me because I just had the mentality of, oh, I'm going to move anyway. So why put anything up? No, I had to change my attitude. And in changing my attitude, I made me a priority by way of having a place to work, live, stay, thrive that I spend a lot of time in now. And because of that, there's so many things that I've been able to see accomplished because I have a space that speaks to my spirit and speaks to my soul and allows me to be good, even in times that don't always feel so good, right? So again, a reminder of sizing up what you need and making it a priority. But then from there, what are you going to do about it? And then how are you going to own it, right? And then you got to protect it once you start it. Because if you don't protect it, you can't sustain it. And then I say the last part of my examples on how I prioritize myself. I believe that I prioritize myself and how I managed my calendar And I talked a little bit about that with my academics, but this is different. The Women's Leadership Institute of 2017 taught me the importance of managing your schedule. And somebody gave some bold tips about, you know, maybe working in blocks, working in two, three hour blocks and then managing your energy. Right. And then I've been managing my energy since 2014 when it comes to calendaring and owning your calendar. But this year I had to take it up a notch. There are just some days that in a pandemic, you just don't feel good. And it's not a, oh, you got a cough or your back hurts or you're throwing up. It's you don't feel good. And it could be psychologically. It could be emotionally. You could just be in a tattered state or you're exhausted or you're fatigued. We're living through something we never lived through before. And with that, I owned my energy, meaning I have somebody that arranges my calendar and takes invites and align them. I went behind that person when I needed to. If I knew I was having a crucial conversation that was going to leave me wiped out afterwards, I didn't have a heavy meeting afterwards if I could help it, unless it was a higher priority or somebody who I knew I had to honor that. And even then, I would find a way to negotiate. But I would redirect meetings. I would put busy work maybe in. Because that means 
If I've used the extroverted part of myself to carry out a crucial conversation, let's put busy work so that your mind can unwind and anything that you're feeling emotionally in your body, it can have some release. You're using your brain now and a little bit less of your mouth so that you can reset. As somebody who is both an introvert and an extrovert, and I'm high on both, I need that. And nobody else is going to come give that to me. I size that up for myself and I would redirect and own my calendar and I would block off times. Like if somebody made a one-time exception and it knocked off something that was continuing on my calendar, like I build in time for transition. That's something I know a lot of my colleagues don't do. Um, I learned it in one of my previous institutions in South Carolina because our campus was large. You had to get around that campus and when you don't build in time, you're going to be late for things or you're going to have to leave abruptly for things to make it to the next thing on time. And that's not fair. If somebody's asked you for an hour of their time, whether they use it or not, give them the hour of the time. Right. Or and if there's something left over, that's fine. But again, that ownership part, I didn't wait for somebody and I didn't negotiate because only I know how I show up in space. And what I didn't want to happen was going into a crucial conversation, then have a day full of meetings that I'm absent-minded, not participating, basically just taking up space. That's so inauthentic and it's so shallow. And I know everybody does not work jobs where you can do the things that I'm saying. And for some people, they will spit on the ground like, oh my gosh, that's so hippie or new age. Or It's none of those things. It's what Coretta has chosen to do to protect herself and protect her time and her energy. Because I, in my role, I impact a lot of people directly, indirectly. I can't show up less than my true self. I can't show up less than my role or my title requires me to show up. And to do that, I just have to own what's necessary. And somebody else can't tell you that. And so it's okay to look at a request and say, actually, I would do better in my attention or my engagement to have this on Tuesday versus this Thursday because of X, Y, and X, Y. No one can tell you that but you. And so those are some quick examples of how I found the courage to realign my priorities, to make me first, to put my oxygen on first this year. Because when I say spiritually, when I say spiritual wellness, it's really rooted in your purpose and finding, you know, what's important to you. For me, being the best me that I could be in an uncertain time was a priority for me this year. And the only way I could do it was to say you first, not what other people think, what not what other people need, not what happens if I do this. Let those things come as they may. You have the tools to navigate it. You have the courage. You have the heart. You have the grit. You have the tenacity. But do you have those same values and tools to put yourself at the top of that list? Because I always tell people, you got one shot at you. I don't know that you get a do-over on you. And so make every minute count. And sometimes, especially during the times that we're in right now, it may be, hey, it's Wednesday. I'm out of air. I'm going to take the day off. It's Wednesday. I had fuel this morning, but I've tinkered out and it's 3 p.m. and I've got two more hours to go. Or it's Thursday. I don't have it this morning, but maybe my my 
benefits, I can flex my time and maybe I work 11 to 7 today, or maybe I work 3 to 11 today. And any important meetings, maybe I sit off camera for if there's something that has to happen before that time. Again, only you know what it takes to make you first. So this concludes First Things First 2020 wrap-up. It's been real. I adore all of you for your time and your support this year. Prioritizing sister love and listenership and your schedule. Much love, much gratitude towards you. Happy New Year. All the blessings to you. See you on the other side of 2021.